0: Welcome, everybody, to the RR Catcast, a fan based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, to the RR Catcast. This is Ryan. AKA Thorny, I'm flying solo tonight because all I'm doing right now is introducing an interview that I conducted with Corey Nickel last week. I had a chance to sit down with Corey Nickel, who was a defensive back for the Bobcats from 2008 to 2009, a transfer from the University of Washington. It was a lot of fun sitting down with Corey, just talking about some of his stories from MSU, how he got to MSU, and some fun stuff about just kind of what he thinks about the Cat Grizz rivalry as an out of stater and what it meant to him. So, Without wasting any more time here, let's get into the interview. Enjoy. All right. Well, let's welcome to the CatCast, Corey Nickel. Corey played defensive back for the Bobcats from 2008 to 2009 under Rob Ash, secondary coach Noah Joseph, and defensive coordinator Jamie Marshall. He had a standout first year with the program in 2008, notching 48 tackles, sixth on the team, and a team high four interceptions. His 2009 season would ultimately be cut short by injuries in an overtime win against South Dakota. Corey, on that semi depressing note, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate it.
0: Well, so first, uh, I have a question. Did you, you didn't start playing football until about eighth grade? Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct.
1: I picked up uh, football in eighth grade first sports I played, I played basketball since I was about second grade, soccer, played baseball, but uh, yeah, football, I didn't really hop into that until about eighth grade.
0: What kind of made you get into it?
1: It was something that I was always interested in, um, and to be honest with you, I just really wasn't um, subjected to it when I was young. My dad was a basketball coach, so he was big into that. Uh, as I started getting into that age, that junior high age, um, sort started of paying a little bit more attention, I started watching some football on TV, started watching Michael Vick run around at Virginia Tech, wearing number seven. So decided I wanted to be like him. So came out for the football team and, and had to have number seven and played quarterback. I think I took one snap, you know, and I saw the pass rush coming at me, and then I just took off running. So the very next practice, they just moved me to running back, said, hey, here, just carry the ball short-lived at quarterback
0: that was great cory but let's never do that again right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you play defensive back running back at woodenville which is kind of a suburb of seattle is that kind of how you would describe it
1: yeah woodenville is a uh yeah suburb of seattle uh just a little bit northeast of seattle yeah played there uh graduated 2005 uh, great program great people you know in the past 20 years in the state of Washington in big school football. Woodville's probably the most winning program. Uh, Can't get over the hump, but uh, lost in the state championship three times. But uh, great program, great people. So, yeah, Woodville was a good place to be.
0: What was your kind of your recruiting process coming out of high school?
1: So coming out of high school, um, yeah, the best year, I should say, the most healthy year I had in high school was my sophomore year. And I played pretty well on a really good team, a uh, team that was ranked pretty high in the state. And then, uh, so caught a little bit of attention um, from that. Um, and then my junior year uh, was cut short to two games with a broken foot. Uh, my senior year, played about, about five games toward my MCL. Uh, so missed quite a bit of time, still got some interest, did some things pretty well at some camps, and kind of had, you know, kind of some big sky interest some, you know, Division two II, Division three type stuff, um, decided that, you know, I wanted to try my hand, you know, uh, to play at a bigger school, uh, that my opportunities were, you know, coming out, and so I decided to uh, go down to Orange Coast College and do the junior college thing. I had a couple of former uh, teammates from Woodville that were down there that brought me down there. Um, so, yeah, so I decided to kind of forego any opportunities that I did have um, just to try to get down there to uh, to orange coast junior college, make something happen and, and try to play at a bigger
0: level. So the, you did have an opportunity at the bigger level. You ended up walking on to the UW, the Washington Huskies. How big yep. of a factor was your kind of growing up as a fan? Did that play into the decision to walk on to UW?
1: Yeah. You know, it, it honestly came down to opportunity. And um, so when I I played 05 in junior college, registered 06 with an injury, Uh, had a handful of scholarship offers, Montana State being one of them, with Coach Kramer and Coach Kristoff, but I still always kind of had that itch I needed to scratch to see if I could play at the Pac-12 level. So Washington had been interested in me, and I'd been talking to them a little bit, and I did know that their defensive back situation uh, wasn't stellar, wasn't great. Um, they, they did let me know, hey, we're only using 78 of our 85 scholarships. You know, if you come in here, do your thing, we'll get you paid. And so they made it very just appetizing uh, for me to to go ahead and do that. And, you know, to to walk on there wasn't going to be very uh, financially burdensome uh, just because uh, I was able to live at home and just travel to school. You know, tuition at that time was, wasn't was that expensive, not what it is now. Uh, so I just, I just wanted to go and give it a crack. But yeah, it came down, came down to a opportunity and I also considered um walking on at um, Boise state too because Boise state was recruiting me and then they told me it was, it was Pete quietkowski um and he used to coach at Montana state so thenK you remember Pete Kwiatkowski?
0: yeah I always called him p k because I couldn't quite you know pronounce his last name
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no good dude real good dude he was recruiting me while he was at Boise yeah
0: it's a great yeah. coach
1: great great coach and he is at u now so that's kind of how I ended up at or um, with a scholarship from Montana State, actually, because Coach Kwiatkowski, uh, they were, it came down to me and this other kid that they're going to take as a scholarship DB. And the other kid was a kid from Mount Sac. They needed a junior college body. They ended up going with the other kid. And so, uh, Coach Coach he called me and just said, Hey, we're going to go with the other guy. He's like, I appreciate you through this process. He's like, um, he's like, I'm going to give your name to a couple other guys. Um, and so he gave my name to like Rob Kristoff. Coach uh, Mike Kramer there, and um, they, they just called me up the next day and just offered me a scholarship, kind of side insane. scene. Um, and so I had a uh, relationship there with Coach K, and so I considered walking on there as well, and I actually went to a practice there um, with Coach Peter and Coach K and sat there during practice. And at that time, they had um, watching their DBs run around, and it's uh, Orlando Scandrick, who played about – he, he just got done in the NFL for like 12, 13 years. They had, I think it was Kyle Wilson, who was a first-round draft pick. DB, he did X amount of years in the league. And then they had like another guy or two there that was just good. So I was looking at him like, man, the opportunity is not here. The opportunity sounds funny, but the opportunity is actually at a packed 12 school. And so I just I decided to, to go and, and try my luck at UW.
0: So you spent a year at UW, and it sounded like, from what I had read, you were kind of working your way towards a starting spot. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. When I so I, I got there um, just right before camp, and got in there and um, played well. Had some good fortune, you know. There's a uh, they they weren't deep there to start with. The guy who I was roommates with he was a transfer from UCLA, and they were kind of counting on him to start on one corner. The other corner was pretty solidified with a guy named Roy Lewis, who did about five years in the NFL. And uh, so my roommate he uh, comes in and then he pulls a hamstring like first day. Then one of the other corners, you know, catches like a. He had some legal issues going on, so he started practicing. Then he had to sit out, and then there's probably like maybe three or four other like scholarship guys there that, that I was able to outplay. Um, so really, after about the first, maybe four or five days, I was running with the ones, um, you know, all the way through camp there.
0: So what ultimately led to you transferring from the University of Washington?
1: Yeah, so when I was at uh, junior college, had a good. Um, a really good first year there freshman year at the end of the season though I, I um, had a uh, I guess a, an injury to like I guess my pelvis uh, kind of groin area um, and then I had a surgery that next spring stemming from that that kept me out in the you know, 06 season and then so this is 2007 when I'm going to UW and so this is really the first time I'm really playing ball on this and as a pelvic floor repair and adductor release kind of very specific surgery and so um first time i'm really playing ball on it and it kind of just i really aggravated it you know towards the end of camp and i'd been through a lot just in terms of injuries you know at that point um i just I just kind of got overwhelmed with emotion and just like you know just right made a pretty big mistake and just say no I don't want to do this anymore and so i, I just just uh kind of turned in the jersey and, and walked away and just said you know I'm just ready to be an average Joe now and, and not play any more football. So I was kind of in a, in a cloud and a haze there for, uh, for for a little bit of time. And then, uh, you know, after talking to a handful of people and being away from football, I kind of realized that you know it's you really get one chance to play. You know, a lot of people would uh, would would do all sorts of stuff, you know, to be in the position that I was in and have the opportunities that I was in and stuff like that. So uh, I kind of picked myself back up and dusted myself off, and then. Continued going to school at University of Washington for the school year there, and then I got, got into the transfer process.
0: So, how did you end up at Montana State?
1: So, I ended up at Montana State um, when I started getting into the transfer process. It was largely a good, good amount of Big Sky schools considered Eastern Washington, uh, considered Montana, uh, Montana State, uh, Idaho State, but around to Cal Poly like their Big West, their uh, Big West, I think it was at the time.
0: Were they still running the triple option back then?
1: Yeah, I, I believe they were. <laughs> I think they were old school Cal Poly. But uh, So, yeah, it was kind of like floating around some some big sky options. And kind of a funny story, So this guy, guy I played with uh, at Orange Coast College ended up – actually, a couple guys I played with at Orange Coast College ended up going to Montana State. One of them was a guy named Paul Barch. You may or may not remember the name. He's a defensive lineman. how he played. I mean, it's 0708. Sounds about right. Um, I, I was actually in Huntington Beach, and it was getting pretty late, like in May, um, with some friends, and um, we go to this this place uh, on Main Street, and we bump into this guy, Paul Bartsch's father. And at that point, I was I was pretty sure I was going to go on to Eastern Washington, um, and uh, that's what I, I felt like I was going to do. I bumped into Paul Barks's father, and he said, um, hey, I heard you left University of Washington. Where are you headed? I said, I'm, I'm thinking about going to Eastern. He said, you should talk to Paul. He's like, uh, they still got some scholarship money. They need some DBs." So I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, and I never followed up on it. Then the next day, uh, I got a call from Paul at Montana State and asked me, you know, if I'd be serious and whatnot. I told him, yeah, I'd definitely give it a look. So he told me to send out my film. And I think this is just getting beyond where our film was DVDs, VHS is and DVDs, and so we were finally like able to figure out how to put it on like YouTube. And so, shot like the YouTube link out there to him, and he gave it to Noah Joseph, the DB coach. Took a peek at it, uh, liked what he saw. Um, so Noah gave me a call the next day, and then we started talking business. And I didn't even take a trip out there because I, I actually took an I took an official visit out there in 2000s. 2006 or 2007, yeah, the uh, maybe January of 2007, and so I was familiar enough with it, so I kind of liked what Noah had to say. Kind of started vibing with Noah a little bit. yeah It's a fact. That I ended up, uh, yeah, heading over to one thing led to another, headed up to Montana State.
0: So you came out for an official visit in January, middle of the winter, and you still came back. Nice.
1: I did, yeah. You know, it's funny. I came out. Um, yeah, and actually Paul Barch he hosted me and I, just because I was familiar with him. And then on that official visit, it was funny because I had decided to go to Washington after that. I didn't go to U Dub. I'm sorry, I didn't go to Montana State. I went to U Dub. But on that official visit, it was funny. It's like guys who became like good friends with me. It was like Clay Bignell, uh, I think it was uh, Shane Robinson, it was um, Casey Denehy and just a few more guys. It was funny. I kind of just bumped into those guys, and then. It didn't run back into them until a couple of years later. But, yeah, it was snowy, it was icy, and it was all of the above. But uh, but still, you know, I uh, I liked what I saw. I liked it out there.
0: Well, we're certainly glad you made that decision. <laughs> uh, what was it like transitioning from, like, a big-time college program like uh, University of Washington to an FCS program like Montana State?
1: You know, it's, it's um, you know, different. It was just a different level of football, obviously. But the funny thing is, like, you know, unless you're a dude, 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 you know, at the Pac-12 level, if you, a lot of people think when you drop down to like the FCS level, okay, you're just going to be the guy. That's that's not the case. You know, there's there's a lot of guys who are really good players, you know, at the FCS level. You'll see all sorts of drop downs. You drop down and they don't dominate the way they, they think they're going to dominate or anything like that. So the you know, transition, you know, it was a. Uh, you know, they're, they're, the, the athletes are lesser, you know, obviously, um, a little bit lesser. You know, it's not terribly far off, but uh, but there's some good ballplayers. I mean, guys are there for a reason, and, and, you know, they're on scholarship for a reason, and there were some good ballplayers. So um, transition from Washington, you know, Washington, obviously, big school, big stadium, you know, all that stuff. You know, the, the media coverage is a little bit greater, and, you know, the, you just have more support, more resources, all that stuff. And so, I mean, yeah, you see that. You go get out to, to Bozeman, and it, it was a, it's a first-class FBS program. Shooting, and Montana State probably run better and has more support than, you know, some FBS programs, and there's no doubt about that. So, you yeah, know, it was just a little bit different, uh, just, you know, transitioning to, you know, a new state, uh, just knew everything all right away. But uh, I would say all in all, it, was, it, it, went, it went pretty darn smooth. Great dudes on the team. Got to be really good friends with them uh, really quickly, and so that really helped.
0: I've always kind of wondered: is the like the just the conditioning workout regimen like harder at like a school like U Dub, or is it pretty rigorous even still here at like Montana State?
1: It's uh, th- there's no difference. It kind of depends on where you're at. You know, you could be. I could see you know a Division three school having a, a more rigorous training program than you know an FBS school. Like it just kind of just depends on who your strength coach is, and just depends on where you're at. So. I wouldn't say there there was any difference there.
0: Well, you'd certainly made a splash your first year. You were pretty much healthy all year. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. That was a yeah. That was a, a welcome a welcome thing for me. Yeah, healthy pretty much all year. I had a couple flare ups here and there. Um, you know, the first game I separated my shoulder, and so that that helped me out for like the next. No, I shouldn't say helped me out I played maybe fifteen snaps. I think the next game was Kansas State. Then maybe like twenty five snaps uh the next game in Minnesota. And so that kinda helped me out a little bit. But other than that, you know, just besides some some nicks and bruises, yeah, it was was pretty healthy and then we played in all twelve.
0: Quick sidebar, I actually took a train from Haver all the way to Minnesota to watch that uh watch that game. I was there.
1: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's that was the old uh the old Metrodome. Um I think that's what you call it. Yeah. It, yep. Blowing it up and and they got a beautiful new stadium but uh yeah no that was a that was an interesting game um uh, to it close there's a some guy named eric decker you know they were trying to chase around all game he ended up being all right making a lot of money uh but i think you know it ended up being like a one score game ended up being a pretty close game there
0: well i know my guy demetrius crawford had a big huge kickoff touchdown in that game i believe
1: yeah you're right yeah he did he had a he had a kick return for a touchdown and I can't recall how else we scored, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good competitive game there.
0: In 2008, your first year on the squad, you led the team in interceptions—four interceptions. I have to give you some—give you a little bit of crap here. Your buddy Kevin Retoriano had three interceptions. He returned two of those for a touchdown.
1: Yeah, man, Kev. So Kev was like, to be honest with you, and I played with some I've seen some good football players played some good football players. Man, Kev was good. Kevin was really, really good. He's probably the best football player that I've played with. Like Kevin, yeah, he, uh, he had really good hands, man. He, he had good hands. Um, when he got the ball in his hand, you know, he, he would score, you know, he's just that kind of guy. Um, uh, he did drop an interception or two. I know he'd love to have those back. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, Kevin, he was a, he was a ball player, man. I was really admired. him.
0: I think he was a pretty prolific running back in high school. If I remember
1: you're right. Yeah. He was, uh, he was from San Diego, Claremont high school, the Chiefs. And, uh, Yeah, I think he ran for, you know, a gazillion yards. Um, And then he got up to Montana State and transitioned over to DB. Um, And, shoot, I mean, his last – so his junior and senior year was my junior and senior year. And his last couple of years meant he was a good player. And he uh, played his junior year at safety and then went on to play um, senior year at corner just based on need, just because of need. And he picked up corner really well, too. Uh,
0: If I I remember correctly – yeah, we had some injuries. He had to play cornerback. And didn't he have like a club on his hand, like one of those big clubs?
1: Yeah, so he, uh, his senior year, you know, getting all right. He was first in all conference as a junior, coming off a really big year, getting ready to have a big senior year. Um, so I missed the first couple games of my senior year because I had broke my shoulder, believe it or not, in uh, spring ball. And uh, so I was out, and then I think it was Arnold and Briggs. Riggs may have been out as well too or something and so we just had a big knee at corner and then we could play Mike Ryder and Jordan Craney ended up being fun being good at safety um, and so Kevin he's playing corner um, and then we were, we were uh, it was during fall camp and we were doing like yeah, probably a bad idea in hindsight but like full contact seven on seven and so that's just kind of like open field collisions is not a good idea but anyway so Kevin goes and, um, you know, there's some route combination. Kevin comes up to, if the ball's out, the receiver catches the ball. Kevin goes, uh, tackles the ball carrier and he's, he's got him wrapped up and he's, uh, he's trying to hold him up because he's trying to get people to strip the ball. And then, uh, Mr. Friendly fire, Jordan Craney comes and just knocks Kevin. <laughs> and Kevin's arm was just extended. And, um, uh, he put his elbow out of the socket, and so he just dislocated his elbow, right? Like, Kevin's elbow was dislocated. It was pretty bad, and so, uh, yeah, they had to get Kevin over to uh, the hospital over there and just uh, set it, and, then, yeah, so he, I think he, he probably missed maybe the rest of camp, maybe, or another week or two at camp, but, I, you know, he didn't play the first game. We played Michigan State. He was out the first game, uh, so he didn't play the first game, but, then, yeah, he came back when he did come back. He had a brace on his uh, whole arm. He had a big old elbow, brother, like a damn Darth Vader uh, brace on his uh, arm. So that's not what I was thinking about.
0: I was actually there at the Michigan State game as well.
1: Loyal fan, man. Loyal fan. We could use more like you.
0: That that was not as competitive as the Minnesota game. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't.
1: They were. Uh, yeah. Was, was it, that
0: Kirk Cousins, the
1: quarterback? Yeah, I think that was. I believe it was Kirk Cousins, and I can't remember if it was Le'Veon Bell. Um, they, they had some guys. Just put it that way. Like they they were they were pretty damn good. Like they were <laughs> we were just, we were kind of just overmatched in that one.
0: So I have to ask you, who was the toughest guy you defended at Montana State? Your toughest opponent to defend?
1: You know, um, you know, there's there's some good ones. You know, I did, you know, playing against Eric Decker. Um, he was obviously you know and he you know, made a lot of money in the NFL and was very good. Um, what you know, who else was good? Like Mark Mariani over at Montana was pretty good. Um, there's one guy that i always throw out there that everybody kind of looks at me sideways for but there's a there's this guy uh, from northern arizona uh, named ed barry i think it was and he was probably like five seven or five eight and just like a, a shorter guy but like he's probably way like closer to like 200 pounds just built really well and pretty just really explosive just really good short area quickness i always had a lot of trouble with him that just for whatever reason um just the type of receiver that he was i had some trouble with him but uh, Oh, yeah, I always pick him out as the one that was like, yeah, I had a little bit of trouble with that guy.
0: Who talked the most smack on the Bobcat defense?
1: Oh man, let's see. So who was talking smack? Let's see. Was it uh was it you? No, it wasn't me, man. I wasn't a big talker. <laughs> let's see, Kevin would talk here and there when he needed to. Uh let's see. Gazzaro I think, would talk here and there. Uh, Jeff Price would talk here and there uh fletch could probably uh, Dan fletcher could probably talk it a little bit um danny actually you know what you know what? it's danny ogden Is danny it's, it's, it was danny O. he was uh yeah very good player very funny guy but yeah he could he, he talk some trash he, he, he would talk out there
0: the big uh choo-choo train thing i forget what was that called there was a name for the little celebration he had <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know, man. That was, uh, yeah, his, uh, his, him and Bo Beck and all the D linemen, they kind of did, did their own thing.
0: <laughs> what was your favorite memory of your playing time in MSU?
1: Oh, man. We, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good memories there. You know, we had some big wins. Um, yeah, Weaver State, um, like my senior year, you know, they were ranked highly.
0: They were probably a top 10 team, and we went down to
1: Weaver State um, and knocked them off. Um, that was, that was a really good win for us. Um, you know, although we didn't win the game, cat uh, is you know, it was always a lot of fun. Um, you never, you know, realize the the energy and the emotion that's in that game until you play in the game, especially for you know, all of us that were not from the state of Montana. You know, it was, uh, it was kind of really eye-opening when you get there and you just see that like, this game, this game means everything to the whole state, you know, and so once you, are part of that game you can just feel it the emotion just how much it means and all that stuff so that was uh that was really probably the most i mean most fun and most like excitement you know i've ever had playing the game where it was just yeah it was just alive
0: so we're recording this the weekend before the uc davis game but when i plan to release this it'll be cat grizz week so what kind of? I guess to build off the what you just said right there, how would you compare Cat Grizz to a rivalry? I guess you're pretty familiar with, like the Apple Cup.
1: You know, it's funny um, that you asked that. So I, I was most recently on staff with with Cal, the football program there, and there's a guy named Gerald Alexander, uh, who uh, a lot of Montana State fans are probably pretty familiar with. He was a DB coach there a few years ago. Coffee me. Yeah, coffee me. Yeah, he's the he's the Twitter king, man. Anyway. <laughs> great coach, great dude, but he, he, uh, he really enjoyed his time at Bozeman. He absolutely loved it. And, um, so we, we always got to talking about Montana state and stuff like that. And and we both said, we're like, Hey, the, uh, the cat Grizz rivalry and that game itself is the, the apple cup doesn't even come close to the, the level of, you know, just intensity and emotions and really what it means. And, and, And we both agreed with that. So, it's kind of one of those things, and, and a lot of people who, who've who never been to a Cat Grizz game or never played it or anything like that, they'll just say, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, it's a rivalry game. But until you go and, like, step on that field and just feel, like, the emotion, like, it's pretty unique. And I would put it up there. You're, and obviously you've got your your Iron Bowls, you got your, you know, Ohio State-Michigan. you got your, you know, all those, you know, big rivalry games. But uh, Cat Grizz, I mean, it's is if it's not top 10, it's top 15.
0: What was the just the week leading up to the game like? Just kind of the the prep week for Cat Grizz.
1: Yeah, I think e- each year it was. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a, it's different. You know, there's a different field. and obviously every game you want to win every game, but you know it's always uh, it was always the last game on the schedule, and and it's just different. You know, and we have two good teams as Montana Montana State. There's always playoff implications, and you know all that stuff, and you know it was just. Um, it was different how we prepared. You know, I think everybody, you know, stayed a little bit longer. Everybody, you know, worked a little bit harder. I mean, just because you knew how much it meant. And then we would have, you know, like a speaker. I remember like speakers would come in. It was like Sonny Holland would come in and speak or some other guys who were uh, kind of, you know, could speak a lot to that rivalry and what it meant to the state of Montana would have meant to Bozeman and what it meant to Missoula and all that stuff. So yeah, just kind of, Uh, teaching you the history, you know, the rivalry and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it was uh, – everything definitely gets just cranked up a a
0: few levels. You know, that's kind of how we feel in Montana. It's hard to describe really how Cat Mm -hmm. Grizz just impacts the state and how important it is. It just kind of transcends the game. It's just a – it's just hard to explain. And I'm I'm glad to hear that some people who weren't familiar with it come and play here. Like, they kind of just – they get it. Like, you don't get it until you play in it, and then you do get it, right?
1: Yeah that's exactly right. Yeah. Going into my first year, um, I was like, Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, yeah, I can't graze, okay, just you know it's another game. I mean I get this rivalry game and all that stuff. And then I remember um so we're in Missoula in two thousand eight and um so we're warming up and all that stuff and then stadium's already buzzing, you know, during warm ups. You know, stadium's buzzing and it's hopping and you can just feel like a different energy and then I happened to be a captain for that game and so I think there was like three or four of us like walking out for the the coin toss and all that stuff and we're as we're walking out like through the tunnel I mean we're getting beers beverages whatever like poured on us and getting cussed at getting cursed at and you can just kind of feel just like this is something different you know and then you go on and uh you know, you line up for the kickoff, and I was on the kickoff team, and just the electricity. I remember just running down the field, just feeling it. And obviously, you got, you know, Montana State's got a great facility, Montana's got a great facility, and it's just packed to the brim. And uh, i been running down on kickoff, and I actually ran down and, and made uh, the opening tackle on that kickoff. And it was just like, yeah, this is, a, you could tell it was just something different, you know. And, you know, at the end of every single play, you know, guys are like pushing, you know, going through the whistle a little bit longer, pushing a little harder. Uh, a little bit more hand fighting and all that stuff. Like uh, and that goes on all game. Like, and it's, uh, it's just something, something serious. And it's really, it's really fun to be a part of.
0: You mentioned the facility at Montana state. Have you been back since we've expanded the stadium?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it looks great. I, I went to, um, so after I graduated in 2010, uh, went back for a game, maybe the next year, maybe 2011, and then actually, I had a friend who got married in Holland Lake, Montana, this summer. And so, um, me and my wife, we flew into uh, we flew into Bozeman, uh, spent a couple days there in Bozeman. You know, cruise by the facility. And actually, one of my uh, very good friends uh, who was on staff with me at Cal last year's name's Hayden Shue. He's the new um, special teams guy, and and uh, G- he's a uh, special teams guy and recruiting guy over there now. And so we met up with him and I uh, went and watched practice uh, one of the days. Um, you know, said hello to Kane. I own, uh, said hello to Daenerys, Bobby Gailey, all those guys I played with, stuff like that. But facility looks great. You know, it really does. You know, I like how they've bolted in, um, it looks really complete. You know, I've heard about their plans to go ahead and, and knock down those like uh, game day locker rooms, the block houses, and kind of put a football operations building there. And if they do that, you know, they're going to have a, a nicer facility than, like, really, like a handful of FC, or, uh, FBS teams.
0: They announced the uh, the completion of the fundraising for that specific event, I believe, on homecoming this year or
1: so. That's outstanding. Yeah, that's good to hear. You know, I just feel I really like what Coach Choke's doing. Um, just being in town, you know, spent a couple of days there, you could feel the buzz. You know, there's a good buzz about the team. Like, it was a. Um, yeah, it was a it was a good feeling. It felt like it felt like the the program was really trending in the right direction. So that's good to hear that they uh, they got all that funded.
0: So quick transition here. What do you think of the the 2019 Bobcats?
1: Yeah, I like them. You know, I uh, you know I worked in football. You know, for you know quite a long time. Just got out this past year, um, and so I would always you know I wasn't able to watch a ton of their games or follow it, but I you know every time when we're flying home from a game or. After a game, I'm always hopping on my phone and looking what the, the Montana State sport was. And so, yeah, I've been, yeah, just uh, involved in terms of just uh, trying to you know keep keep up and know what's going on. Uh, yeah, I was able to watch them practice there in uh, in August. Yeah, they got some good players. You know, they do. I think they're recruiting right now at a at a very high level and maybe a higher level. You know, than they've ever recruited at. You know, I think they're getting a lot of the right kind of kids. Uh, they're also doing a great job with. Uh, we're hitting those uh, transfers um you know, i think they've hit a few kids from university of washington that's probably just with the coach choke connection and all that stuff but they've got i think they have got impact kids uh, that have been transfers but you know they um, they're, they're a good team they're 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 well coached um kane's a great coach uh, bobby is a great coach Nick the is a winner um, so i know a good amount of those guys so you know they've been you know fun to watch i know they you know they've came out hot you know and you know they were ranked top 10 there for a while dropped a couple uh there in the middle of the season won the last couple and then the next two ones are obviously big i think they got davis here uh davis here this weekend and then they got uh cat after that so yeah a lot still on the table for them so uh um, you know they've been a fun team to follow
0: well you mentioned some of those coaches it's, it's fun as a fan for sure having just some of the bobcat legends come back and be part of the coaching staff. I just think it's important for a program to kind of have those kind of legacy guys on the roster, or not the roster, the coaching staff.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's, that's great. It's, it's, it's good for everybody. And Montana State, it really is a great place to coach. And yeah, I think it says a lot about the program that all those guys are going to want to, want to come back to Bozeman and coach, you know? So yeah, it's great to see Bobby make his way home. Danarius make his way home. Kane make his way home. And then, uh, and then whoever else is out there, you got, you got Clay McNeil. Bignill. Clay McNeil's out there in Notre Dame. You know, who knows? Maybe someday he'll make his way home. But uh, but now it's a, it's a great place, and I, I I love it. Yeah, I love when uh, guys who have played, come back and coach their alma mater. It's good for everybody.
0: You also mentioned something about uh, the good recruiting the Cats are. Uh, what are you up to? You you're involved in recruiting, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been um, working in college football personnel, got in recruiting for about the last seven, eight years, and then, I just hopped off for a, a pretty unique opportunity. Um, I took a job with a, a company called Z Group. Um, it's a recruiting service. It's just a bunch of tools for efficiency. So I do a lot of their their coach relations and things like that and work on the product side. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's been uh, different, you know, being off the team side. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's been nice to have uh, Saturdays off, you know, nights off, weekends off and all that stuff. So it's been a nice uh,
0: change of pace. Did I see that the Bobcats are a client of yours?
1: The Bobcats are a client. Yep. Absolutely. My guy, uh, my guy, Hayden Yeah, he, he brought, he brought that one home.
0: <laughs> all right, Corey. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you being a good sport. Uh, you know, just appreciate having any former players come on. It's always fun. I'm sure the, our listeners will enjoy the stories you told. A lot of people will remember exactly all the names you mentioned. It's just, it's fun having guys back on and, I appreciate you coming on.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I yeah. really appreciate you having me really. Um, yeah. And all of us, but I really appreciate you know what you're doing uh, for the program. That's yeah, great to get the program out there and all that stuff. So yeah, anytime, anytime and go cats,
0: go cats.